2: With Andrew Gunling and JJ Devaney. Oh,
1: yes! Hot offside, just outside New York
2: City from an apartment in Brooklyn, New York. Andrew Gunling and JJ
1: Devaney.
2: What's up, brother? I'll tell you what's up, Andrew. You are wearing some, some nice Phillies gear, oh, red yeah. Phillies gear tonight, branded. Looks nice. And I am wearing a sample. ...of our Caught Offside merch to come. A lovely heather grey t-shirt emblazoned with the new sexy Caught Offside logo. This is the most real it's ever been. It's tangible. It's on my body. I've walked around in it today. It's very, very comfortable. I do like it. I like it. I like the way uh, it feels. The fabric is good. I think people are going to enjoy wearing them. And I can't wait to get them out there. And I will, if you follow us, at COSoccerPod on Twitter and caught offside pod on instagram get over to the instagram that's where all the kids are i mean that in a normal way by the way i mean just that's where all the fun <laughs> hip people are just to clarify Thank get you. over there and i will uh i will put some uh samples of uh i will put pictures of the samples of the t-shirts up um wow. but yeah even you were complimentary and you hate the clothes i wear no 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 it looks great
1: honestly like it's. I can't wait. Like this is. We've been talking about merch for. I don't know. Like seven years.
2: Well, yeah. At, we least,
1: had... at least the last five years, we've been teasing it. Can and we now? Can we lift the... Like you
2: actually have a physical piece of clothing on you? Can Can we lift the curtain a bit? And um, how much better is this? Is what I we've come up with as a company ourselves alone, Sinn Féin, How much better? is what we've come up with compared to what was pitched at us by ESPN. Yeah. I don't remember even exactly what it was. It was, they literally took our branding that they made up on like Adobe paint for the podcast and just put it on a t-shirt. Like hey, just slapped it on. Look, it's the
1: thought that counts. All right. <laughs> it or the lack actions of don't matter. It's only thoughts that matter. Uh, Hey, this podcast is going to be so much fun. um, I'll say this though: for however much fun we're about to have, it uh, pales slightly in comparison to what's going on in Naples right now. If Jade, this is, I mean, it's it's Buenos Aires esque in its in its grandeur. Um, you know, I keep thinking about as I, I've been watching. I'm just like constantly consuming. The like I don't even care about what happened in the game. Like I only I only wanted to see how the fans were going to react when this inevitable title was won, and it was today for Naples, thanks to a 1-1 draw at Udinese. And you know, so I've seen the the images that have been coming out of there. Twitter, it's one of those days where Twitter is great because you're just getting everything that you want. And like there's there's certain ones, JJ, where there's like a mixture in the sky. The sky is lit up red from like fireworks but flares i don't know how else to describe it i've never seen it had to be a coordinated effort to light off i don't know like a few thousand red flares all at once and they're falling from the sky and all i can do when i think of when i see this all i can think about is like the one guy in naples who doesn't follow or know anything about football or knew that a game was even happening? <laughs> and he's gone outside and he's seeing this and what he must be thinking, like what? What could? What has happened? <laughs> are aliens invading? Are we at war? Like,
2: imagine <laughs> that's if he, all I
1: could think about.
2: Imagine if he's the one, like extremist Christian who believes we are in the end times. Oh yeah, there, there's a, <laughs> there's because a definite. I, I was right. I told them all. I knew it there it is. And he just, uh, he gets ready for the apocalypse. Incredible. Incredible scenes. It's, it really is. And, and, um, I don't know if there's another club in football. There probably is where I have no, like, I know actual tangible connection with that. I love doing well, more than Napoli. There's the, the, the mystique and lore that was built from like, 84 85 to the early 90s and that remained beyond is one of the most enduring things in soccer today like people just love them and there's something real about them there's something old school about them because they play in i know the stadiums has be re- being renamed to the diego armando maradona stadium but that stadium's crumbling it's been yeah, crumbling yeah. since 19 since it was renovated for the slightly renovated for the World Cup in in nineteen ninety, um, the stadiums crumbling. They have to be clever. They don't have a ton of money. The De Laurentis, like obviously, football clubs are super rich, but they don't have a ton of cash, and they're not owned by any sovereign wealth fund or or any anything of that nature. They just they have to be clever in the market. The way they negotiated the contract for Kafarachkaya, um, they get Oshiman in. They've had. Magnetic managers, Spalletti right now. They've had Sarri in the past. They've had magnetic players, players who have been taken to the bosom of the fans. You know, um, like Dries Mertens is God there. (laughs) They're just and the way their fans just love the club is amazing. Amazing. Now, I will say one thing. Whatever the thought process was for the one fan who ran on the field with the Confederate flag, that I... I know there's that division between North and South that they are they see themselves as separate, that they're hated by the North and the poverty of the South, the poverty of the Mezzogiorno, and the wealth of the North. I know all that. And traveling fans are particularly nasty to them and there's almost a racial element to it. But not the confederate flag guys
1: yeah i got no no use for that jj i had this scheduled later in the pod but i mean we're we're talking about it so we may as well just talk about it yeah um with napoli winning this title uh bbc five live they tweeted something that boy if you had shown me this tweet five years ago i simply never would have believed it they tweeted um 2023, Napoli, 2022, AC Milan, 2021, Inter Milan, 2020, Juventus. Serie A is the only league in Europe where four different teams have won the title over the past four years. To think of the stranglehold that Juventus had yeah. on that league for a generation, um, where it was just, the ball was kicked off in August, and it was like, all right, well, that that was fun. Like, it was just over immediately every year. Um, to think now of the parity that exists in that league, it's it's... It's pretty fascinating, and not not a plot twist that I saw coming.
2: No, and even when Inter broke that kind of cycle, it wasn't perfect because Inter like could barely pay the contracts they'd signed up to. There was something a bit kind of bought about it. Some, you know, it didn't. It's a whole ownership issue. They had to then have a kind of a fire sale and get rid of a load of players. This feels like a triumph of football of great players, very good. Uh, a manager who's I mean, he's divided opinion in Italy, but he's he's a manager of note and a manager of, of repute, and it's great. I I I'm so happy for them, and I know it had become a bit of a. It's like when are we going to do it? When are we going to do it? Let, let's get it over the line. Um, and they have, and I like I said, they're just there's something about them, and I, I don't care how many stories you hear about traveling fans going to N- uh, Naples and having the S kicked out of them. <laughs> I still like that football club. Um, I like it immensely.
1: Yeah. Uh, with regards to the manager, Spalletti, uh, this quote stuck out to me. Uh, no disrespect to my previous coaches, but what Spalletti has done here can't be compared to anything else I've seen anywhere. He's a genius, Victor Osimhen told France Football earlier this month. The day we manage to apply 99% of what he teaches us, we will obliterate any team we come up against. Um Wow. And you know it, it, yeah it's it's a pretty strong quote from a, strong from from a guy who has I mean you would expect Victor Osimhen to speak that way this, look a lot of it is is his own talent and I'm sure he's worked his ass off to get where he is as a player but this manager has has helped transform him into a superstar he will be one of one of if not the I mean we'll see who winds up on the transfer market this summer but he will be maybe the most coveted player out there and that that has happened under the guidance and tutelage of of this man so I'm sure Oseman is will always feel indebted
2: uh, to to Spalletti for what he has brought out of him as a player. He's he's brilliant. Isn't it nice that we can say, you know, Napoli have got this thing done, and it's not like under Sarri, um, you know, we're always afraid that we're going to lose these great players. And eventually they either aged out or they were sold. Insigne um, and Martins spring to mind. Isn't it great that they've got this done? Because we know the way the financials of football are. It's going to be so hard for them to turn down the offers that are about to come in for Oshiman and Kovaric Gaya
1: Well, you're right. It is. Um, however, look, they're, they'll make a decent amount from their progress that they made in the Champions League. Yes. Now, granted, they probably feel that it should have been more, that quarterfinals was not far enough for how good this team is. But for for them, it will be enough money that you know maybe they can... Maybe they won't feel quite that that it's so much of of an essential that they send some of these players away. Victor Osiman, he was obviously asked about it tonight. He refused. He said this isn't the time for that, and he's absolutely right. That, um,
2: like, oh
1: god, having transfer talk to interrupt celebrations like this—it's is grotesque. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'll say this about Napoli: some of what you just mentioned there, in some ways, it almost they almost serve as like this club of hope for other clubs, like. They they lost Drees Mertens and Lorenzo Insigne and Kaladu Koulibaly. Like they weren't. This wasn't supposed to happen. Like they lost three of their uh, of their all time greats at least of the last you yeah. know, twenty years or so. Um, when that happens in such short succession, it's supposed to usher in a, an era of rebuilding. But this goes to show that if you're a club and and you're a fan of a club and you trust in the people running that club then it's not the end of the world losing great players as much as it hurts cuz they're guys that you fall in love with and that you, you you become invested in but if you have smart people who are operating at the top of your club and they're doing things the right way and your scouting system has tentacles throughout Europe and can find guys that maybe other teams don't it's it's not over for you and, and mm-hmm. napoli are living proof of that with guys you no know, getting a guy from georgia you know like it's just, this is unconventional
2: it is and and they they known about him they tracked him um and they they beat other clubs too uh and and they sold him on the idea you know come here to this town that's in a poor area in italy come and see our stadium which is falling apart and etc but like just they were able to sell it um can i give a shout out before i forget mm-hmm. uh, so so we've, um they were at our live event. God, it seems so long ago now, 2019, mm. for the Champions League final. But uh Lucia Castellano, her father and mother off the boat from Naples, uh, living on Long Island, raised their family there. Hard not to think of them tonight. This must be unbelievable for them. Absolutely unbelievable for them. And, you know, they carry it with them. <laughs> the fathers, from what I've seen, the interactions I've had with um, with Lucia, that she that uh, he's quite an intense character, uh, especially around game time. So I'm I'm delighted because I'm sure there's been many many years of hurt since the last time we watched uh, Napoli lift the scudetto. So um, congratulations to them, and uh, I hope they have a big old party on Long Island. Oh, I'm I don't doubt I that. that no, I bet you Staten Island's going a bit mental. Bensonhurst, I'd hope. Well, but like you don't
1: know who like they might be, yeah, inter fans, Roma fans, lot like I don't know I, not, every Itali- not every- not yeah. every Italian here in New York is a is a Napoli fan,
2: no, that's true, and I suppose you always have it in your mind what happened in two thousand and six where Staten Island just party for about a week after they won the World Cup, <laughs> well, yeah.
1: yeah, um, but it's it's an incredible triumph, it's a great story, of course, and and it makes me wonder of all the teams who are going to win titles this year, I mean, there'll be one in every league, of course. Uh, this is it. Like, I think this is this is the defining title from this season. Like, I don't know, if Arsenal wind up coming back and beating Man City, pretty would, that, big. would that upstage this? Um, is there no. anyone left in the Champions League that could go on and win that, that would that would be more memorable than Napoli winning this title for the first time in 33 years? I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, that's a big statement. To say that the, the team who just won Syria, ah, a league that has been much maligned over yes. the last several years, for us to sit here and say that that will be the more memorable story this year than whoever it is that actually is crowned champions of
2: Europe, that's, a, that's a, not a small thing. But I do think that that also speaks to the homogeny of, of modern football and to the sameness and the dominance of some leagues and some players and some teams. Um, well, remember,
1: t- Inter and AC Milan are still one of those two are going to be playing for that title
2: that's that's crazy one of <laughs> we, those we two know this. One, one of those two are going to lose in the final is how i'm framing it you yeah, never you know though. you don't know just don't know um
1: but i'm thinking about what you were about what we were saying about the, like spalletti and the way that napoli went about forming this team um and yeah they they uncovered superstars Osiman and kvarcaga like they, they 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 found these guys who turned out to be global stars but like look at some of the other guys like Tangi and dombele a total cast off you know andre frank zembo and guisa like uh, yeah. fulham you know he was played for fulham before yeah. like you know chucky lozano came on as a sub tonight you know who, who has had moments of brilliance for them but he's kind of out of the first team um you know there's there's a lot of guys who it's just you, you have to tip your hat again to this manager who just took all these different pieces um and just it's it he's made it work it's it's been brilliant um it really it really has
2: so good yeah. for them I'm I'm really delighted for them all the way also as well you know like you talked about um bringing in players and and getting things right like scouting getting Kim from Fenerbahce mm. you know bringing him in at and okay you're now starting center back at a club I mean I know Fener aren't a small club but like this is. He he'd only spent one season at Fenerbahce after coming from Beijing Guan. So like it's it's a huge step up and it's worked out. They've they've got a lot of decisions right. Um I will watch a couple of episodes of Gomorrah tomorrow in um in honor of them. And I might, you know what, I might treat myself, Andrew, how about this glass of wine and watch the Maradona de um Asaph Kapadia's Maradona documentary again, which is pretty awesome. Nice. That sounds like that sounds like a good night. It's a good night when you're 40, about to turn 41.
1: Want to shoot? Maybe shoot off a couple of flares in your apartment.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And shout out Forts and Napoli. Oh, yeah. you know what I will do? I'll go up to the um, the Nebulodan, uh pizzeria guy at the top of my street. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Last time I was in there drunk, I, I had a rather discombobulated conversation with him about Napoli. And uh, this was a few months ago, and I'm like, "It's done, right? Oh, it's done. It's done. It's done." forget about it. He's done. Don't come in here asking questions like this. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm just asking. Cause I think that remember they got thumped by, by AC Milan.
1: Yeah. four 0 no, Right.
2: Yeah. And you're like, Oh, but it, it was, it was definitely done. There was still 15 points. Yeah. But I, was, I mean, look, their end to the season has not been a graceful one. No, but neither was Liverpool's in, in, right. in, in 1920. No,
1: I think when they beat Juve, that was sort of their crowning moment where they knew, okay, this is happening. Um, and it's there's been like it hasn't I, i'm a little like there's still part of me that's a little bummed that they didn't do this at home um last sure. week sure uh, just for what those scenes would have been but even still the away the away end uh tonight wound up on the pitch at udinese there's i mean there's they mobbed the team uh there's videos of guys just like you see the amount of turf i i was thinking of you cuz i know your affinity for it and i feel like it's something you would do uh where there's guys they have a huge plastic bag and they're just like taking giant clumps of turf yep. and and storing it away and bringing it with them which i yep. think is which i think is brilliant i think oh yeah like, you can like i don't know how much cooler of a piece of memorabilia you can have than the pitch that was played on the night they won the title like i think that's great that is
2: amazing um i, I often wonder though when people do that do they, do they, what do they do do they like cordon off an area of their back gar- garden and transplant it there so it can keep growing yeah i think i think because if you bring it inside, it's going to dry out. Right.
1: Unless you put it in something near a window and you just water it, like you keep it yeah. alive the best you can. But you're right. I think, I don't know, wouldn't it be cool to kind of like all the, like that will become your yard. Like the turn, the
2: pitch. Amazing, like- <laughs> Utterly amazing. Yeah. That is, that is a, that's a real cool one. You know, uh, some Irish people and some immigrants generally in America, if they have kids, First generation and they have kids born over here. They they will try and get a bit of soil from home mm. and then they'll bring it to the hospital, which I'm sure there's bound to be some codes against that and they'll put the baby's feet on it. Mm. So that the first thing they touch is the soil of the homeland.
1: <laughs> wow, that's, that's very interesting.
2: Mm. Just thought of that. Yeah,
1: that's interesting. I once got for a buddy, my friend Ted, uh, when, when I was getting married, I, I got my groomsmen gifts and uh, I got him... Uh, some of like you could buy it like the dirt, the turf from the night uh, Syracuse beat Kansas state in the pinstripe bowl. <laughs> Cause uh, I don't know. We went to Syracuse together. It seemed like a big deal at the time, even though now I look back on it. I'm like that was I don't know that that was actually a big deal that we won that game, but we were so bad for so long. We were at the game. It was a bowl game. It was fun and exciting. But I remember I told Amanda, she was asking me, so what did you get? Like Dan and, and Shafe and Murph and Ben. And I was saying, and she's like, oh, what'd you get Ted? And I was like, I said it. She's like, "You got him! You got him! Dirt!" I was like, "Well, but it's not just any it's, dirt." She's like, "It's dirt. You got him. No, no bag of dirt. No." <laughs> so, like, you know what? Yeah, you're kind of right. It could be who knows. It could be from anywhere. I could be. It could be a giant scam.
2: Before we get off this, um, we have at home in Sligo a chip off the Berlin Wall, hmm. like a, a piece of the front. Of the plaster with a bit of graffiti on it wow not bad how'd you do that you just we have uh we had when i was growing up we we had german friends i mean they're still friends but um and they moved to ireland and i guess they got it for my dad my dad asked for it typical my dad meets germans for the first time and um could you get us a bit of the berlin wall <laughs> But we, you know we never put it in a glass thing or anything It was, it's just like up in a cupboard and i used to take it down every now and again and look at it
1: yeah i mean you should take the same approach as you would with the grass carve out a little piece in your actual wall insert it now it's part of
2: your wall of your house you know me though i commit too much to it i create a watchtower barbed <laughs> wire everything <laughs> yeah has right. jj come down from the turret yet no he's shot one of the neighbors again uh
1: so congrats to napoli to all their fans uh an incredible night an incredible achievement they will continue to celebrate this i mean uh, this celebration will, will go on until the season ends i think the fourth is the last day of the season i think they have more extravagant celebrations planned for them what what is the more scene extravagant
2: be? than that well I, I don't know sure why not the place is a light there was like this drone footage above the city and all you could see was like all these different colors just popping
1: off yeah so many people own fireworks I don't know anyone that owns fireworks. It's it's crazy.
2: I feel like Napoli is a town where you can get things.
1: Well, I think that's that has been proven. Um, so yeah, props props to them. Awesome. Uh, like we said, probably probably the definitive title that will be won in this season. So uh, so very very cool. Uh, we continue now, JJ. Some of the other things from uh, midweek action. Uh, a little bit of history made in the Premier League as well. Erling Holland. He's done it and what a way to do it on a gorgeous chip shot uh to s- I did essentially seal a, yeah to seal a, a vitally important win in Manchester City's push for the title. Uh boy, what a
2: great goal. Just like a very aesthetically pleasing goal. And the man who set him up if we if we rewind to the start of the season was uh was Jack Grealish and the big conversation was how would they link together? And I remember one interview where they were both kind of not harsh on each other but kind of well we kind of need to work more on on our link up play. Yeah. It came off tonight, but generally this, I think it was Holland said there's some runs where he doesn't see me or there's some runs where he doesn't get the ball. Um, yeah. I, I, I suppose this has been coming for so long um, that I won't say I was left cold by it. I mean, Holland's been brilliant being left cold by. It's not the right term, but I kind of just thought, yep, yeah, this feels, yep. Yeah. Kind of n- normal ish. Well, I mean, that, you, considering how long the rec, I I feel like I should have been more wow. The record's gone, you know. Because wow. the, t- the two names that had it like were Cole and um, and Shearer, like sure, mid nineties. So um, I don't know. I was yeah. just more like I sh- I felt like I should have been more into it. Is that is that the way to look at it? Um. I
1: mean look I get what you're saying in that there was a sense of inevitability to this over the last month two months or so like maybe more than that maybe a little bit more than that um but in some ways I I do feel you're I don't know I feel like you're almost operating with a little bit of recency bias if we're if we're taking if we're looking at the whole picture and saying well it was always going to go this way that is not true there was a loud chorus of media Fans out there that did not think this was going to work. Um, I mean, Google it. Like Jamie Carragher said, "This will not work. This guy can't play in that system." Yeah. So, like that existed. I rem- I mean, Jesus, JJ. Let's go back after the uh, the Community Shield uh, when. I, I ranted against the idea because they were because it was out there. It was media and fans on Twitter. You could see it everywhere of people. His performance in the community shield was being used against him that this won't as to why this isn't going to work. Um, and like I we I think this podcast was a voice of reason in that I, I certainly always thought that was ridiculous. That sentiment was absolutely abs-
2: absurd. Yeah, no, uh, we did. we We pushed back against that. Like we did ask the question is a manager so averse to center forwards who's literally tried to obliterate the position and create a team entirely of midfielders is a manager like that going to be the best kind of manager to harness the talents of Europe's most promising or not promising Europe's deadliest uh, young, young striker. That yeah. was, that was a, a fair question. It's to a ask. fair question, but I even pushed back against that. Cause remember, I mean, this
1: is a guy who had a for a generation, then, didn't, and that's when he was forced to adapt. But then what What was the first thing he tried to do after that? He tried to spend $100 million to get Harry Kane. That's mm-hmm. not for no reason. They couldn't get him. So what was the next thing he did? Well, let's get Holland. So I, I think that, like, yeah, Pep... See, this is why there were a few things that stood out to me about Holland achieving this. And we'll get to the Holland side of it. But one of the things that stood out to me here wasn't Holland. It's the manager. It's Pep. Like, Holland's the big winner here, of course, but Pep is definitely a peripheral winner a secondary winner because like we said there was this thought that this guy would go wasted in pep's system that it would neuter him the way we've seen mm-hmm. it neuter some other players and maybe eventually he'd figure it out but i think that's selling pep short like i don't think that he's quite as rigid as what has been believed like um what, what i was looking through i, I found this was from uh, nathan ridley's piece in the mirror following City's win over Arsenal. He said, throughout the game, City played more directly than we're used to seeing and notably reminiscent of how they approached both legs of their Champions League quarterfinal clash with Bayern Munich. Using Holland as their focal point, the Citizens cut through the German Giants with ease during both games and ultimately came away with a 4-1 aggregate win, proof of their dominance. The ex salzburg and Dortmund star well-taken goal in the second leg epitomized Guardiola's adaptation. And think of the... I mean, he, Nathan really goes on to write specifically about the Arsenal game. Like, look at the first goal. Yep. Long ball. Holland hold up play De Bruyne now streaking into into more of a, a forward running position taking it into score like this There's was not, free- not just this wasn't not the system that they have run this season has not just been pass 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 they have allowed Holland to be Holland so I, I think that the idea that it, Pep's system is so rigid it wouldn't work yeah they run that system but Pep has also adapted to this player I think that Pep is great enough where he doesn't have to do this just one way
2: and I think we've seen that this year with this guy. I would agree with you. I think, though, that that kind of play has developed as the season's gone on. I don't really feel like I saw that earlier in the season. I think they've been able to think on their feet and figure that out. I mean, that was a goal Sam Allardyce would have been proud of. <laughs> big ball up to the big man. Kevin Nolan style. Nod it down. You've got a runner from midfield. Um, No, uh, Dave, Kevin Davies to Kevin Nolan kind of thing. Um, But we'll get to Big Sam. I, I Honestly, like, there were there were some things that I saw uh, on the internet that kind of blew me away. Like Statman Dave had Erling Holland has scored thirty-five goals and seven assists from six hundred and eighty-two touches in the Premier League this season. That's a goal or assist every sixteen touches. That's crazy. Including kickoffs. That's unbelievable. Mind blowing efficiency. Yeah. That that one really that that was the one that got me. Um he had another one, which again, is, it's it's not nothing. Erling Haaland has scored 5.1 percent of all the goals Manchester City have scored under Pep Guardiola. 5.1 percent is not insignificant. So, <laughs> with that,
1: let's enter the trivia zone. Oh no! So, like, so he scored 51 goals in all competitions. If that's 5.1 percent, it means that's right. Manchester City have now scored an even 1,000 goals across. All competitions under Pep Guardiola. Holland, like we said, has contributed 51 of those. Only eight players. So Holland has done that in less than one season. Only eight players are responsible for more during Pep's time at Manchester City. Have at it. Only only eight players are responsible for more goals. Yeah. Of the 1,000 that have been scored, Holland has 51. Only eight guys have contributed more. I mean, some of these- Agüero, yeah, Agüero, yes, De Bruyne, yeah, Agüero's number one with 124. De Bruyne is fourth with 79. Sterling, he's second with 120. Boy, he was close to Agüero. I was a little bit surprised. Yeah. Jesus, yeah, he's third with 90. He... Jesus scored 95 goals under yeah. Pep. That's pretty good. Yeah, so no, you got I... you got one, two, three, four right there. Yeah. Um, gets a little tougher now. Bernardo Silva. Yeah, he's just ahead of Holland uh, with 53. Holland will probably pass him before the end of the season. Interesting. Well, um, should I tell you the others? Gundogan, yep, with
2: 54, he'll probably get passed. Um, who am I missing out on? I'm missing out. Two more. Like there's, there's a Johnny obvious here. Yeah, uh, probably, but David Silva. No, no. Go on.
1: Marez with seventy eight. Ah. That that one you probably should have gotten. Phil Foden yeah. with fifty nine.
2: All right, yeah.
1: But Holland is already in in less than one season. He's and and like I said, by the end of the season, he'll he'll be behind Foden. Might even catch him. Does he, does he have eight more goals in him? Uh, yes, I
2: think he might. They got five games left. That that's that's ver- that is plausible. Now could, could, just- could he get to could he get to sixty? He'd have to want, if he passes Foden. Oh, I don't want him to break Dixie Dean's record. <laughs> Come on. Like, jeez. Stood for, for that long. Like, what, 1930, whatever. Come on, no. Records
1: are meant to be broken. Oof. A um, couple other things that stood out to me here. Obviously, Holland, his age. I mean, he's 22, and he now holds this record. Like, that's uh, That's frightening. Like, we're going to get to, like, 15 years from now, we'll still be talking about this guy as a player uh it's 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 a this is only scratching the surface of what he could do uh when at uh cristiano ronaldo's 22 year old season 31 goals in the league uh lionel messi in his 22 year old season 34 goals in la liga uh holland of course 22 year old season 35 goals and five games still remaining
2: yeah uh amazing I, and i wonder if you're a defensive minded coach or, or you're, you know, you're particularly uh, concerned with center back play and all that, like what, what do you do? Like innovation comes from players like this. How do you stop him? Like you go man for man. He's very, very like, if you get nice and tight, he's very, very strong. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's that easy to rough up. He certainly doesn't seem to have been, uh, what do you do? I don't know. That,
1: that's, that's, is that a rhetorical? I don't know. So it was I very, genuinely don't know.
2: It was very funny because last week Gary Lineker tweeted out, um, someone tweeted, uh, like, if you could pick one player of all time to try and stop, I think this was what the tweet was, Erling Haaland, who would it be? And Gary Lineker with, like, seven or eight million followers <laughs> tweets out Paul McGrath. <laughs> and Paul McGrath, who's a humble guy anyway. By the way, the best center half I ever seen in the Premier League. Oh yeah, Virgil Van Dyke, uh, uh, Vidic, uh, Ferdinand. No, no one close to him. He was brilliant. Mm-hmm. No, he's of a different era, but at the same time, uh, PFA Player of the Year in 1993 at age 33. So wow. that's a, that's how good he was. Yeah. Um. And Paul McGrath <laughs> he retweets and goes, "No thanks." <laughs> yeah. So um. Yeah. Cr- credit. Uh, Credit to Holland. Let's let's give him all his due. By the way, his bonus is the first thing I thought about when he scored that goal. Because we know how heavily incentivized that contract is. And if he's if he's doing what he should be doing, then he's getting close to a million a week. Oh. Well done. Well done. Oh man. Yep. He's he's earned it. And he sure has.
1: Been spectacular. He has been uh he has been absolutely spectacular. Better than advertised, I think. And like I said, just twenty two. It's only the beginning. That that's the part that scares me not like uh, yeah i don't know like you said though somebody will somewhere somebody's thinking of a way right now to stop him but if it were that easy they'd all be doing it um so yeah congrats to him um but in this title race so city they they stay ahead but arsenal not going down without a fight jj um yet another london derby goes their way as they blow the doors off chelsea on the back of a really dominant totally one-sided first half yeah Um, I mean, Odegaard was brilliant, um, scoring twice. It was, uh, it was over quickly as, um, you know, you get to the stage in the season and you, you start to see the teams that are, they're on the beach. They just know the season had, like I said last week, just end. Like there's a lot, I mentioned Tottenham, but like, you're starting to see the teams now that are in the just, just end. We're done here. Like Tottenham, when they got crushed by Newcastle, that was a just end moment, um, this first half for Chelsea. This was a uh, just get me get me out of here. Uh, who was it? Wolves in their six nil loss to Brighton. I feel like once you get to this stage of the season, you start to maybe see more of these like four goal deficits, things like that of these teams that are just broken.
2: Yeah, I remember at the end of uh, Stephen Gerrard's last game for Liverpool, the six one against Stoke. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, and he scored. Imagine that goal must mean nothing, <laughs> nothing to him. But yeah, there are there absolutely. are less. Leicester- like there, this was a real thing in the nineties. We used to all you'd see down the stretch. You're like, okay, you were looking at the games you got left. They're done. They are absolute <laughs> can't go, can't go any higher, can't be relegated. They are flip flops on, yeah, on the way to the beach. They're not just at the beach. They already have a drink in their hand and are thinking about ordering a second. Um, yeah. So I mean, Chelsea have been there for a while. Um, they have a manager who is just rudderless seems to, I mean, his demeanor on the sideline is befuddled. Hey, they scored a goal. They did score a goal. They did.
1: And it was their second under Frank, but they did score
2: one. Yeah. So it's, it's, I mean, I don't know if there's much more to say, about Arsenal in this game because they were just brilliant and blew them away. I w- it must stick in the crawl a little bit that you come into the stretch game of a season, a, a, a game down the stretch, and you look back and you think, well, that game at home against Southampton was way tougher, and that bloody away game against West Ham was way tougher. I know. It's why, it's-,
1: it's, why it's just so dumb, and we all do this. We're all guilty of it, but we look at the fixtures, and we say, okay, three points there, probably not going to get any there three points there like it's, it's there's no bigger waste of time in this sport than I think that that exercise doing that yeah
2: agreed true it's very true Um, but, uh, but Todd was speaking again mm. Um, he was speaking with the Milken Institute and their chairman Michael Milken in Beverly Hills and he said the following the fans are demanding they want to win we get that we want to win our view, though, was that this is a long-term project and we are committed to the long-term and we very much believe that we are going to figure it out. Now, I have the rest of, of that where he kind of finishes out his thought. Now, he, if Chelsea fans think, who haven't heard this or listened to it, if they think he's going into the detail of the signings and why he made these signings and how they're going to work out long-term, he didn't do that. Uh, let's have a listen. We've got the best league in the world, We've got what I think is, you know, the top city in the world. And we've got an unbelievable location in the top city in the world. So Chelsea are in London, which is a great city. They have a greatly a well-situated stadium. They're in the biggest league in the world. Now I know Mil- Michael Milken is not the man to be pressing on. Well, what, where do you think the best position or how are you going to utilize Michaela Mudrick is? I under I understand I do understand that, um, but I the thing I took from it was our view though was that this is a very long term is a long term project and we're committed to long term and we very much believe we're going to figure it out. Figure it out. That's after what? How many hundred hundreds of millions spent? You know, the figuring out is before you spend the money. The figuring out probably happens before you buy the club. You would hope that there was a
1: plan, right? And everything there there clearly was not, or there—I think there was a plan. It was just a a
2: a totally misguided one, right? Exactly. So, if you're a Chelsea fan, can I ask you this now? If you're a Chelsea fan, sat there listening to the Todd Father, like—is there anything from those statements that you take and you think, okay, this guy? We can have confidence, no, this is not going to get worse. It's going to get better. <laughs> no.
1: Two things stood out to me. One, the clip you played uh, about the, we're in London. It's a good part of London. Like, JJ, did you not hear that? And like, I couldn't help but hear. The
0: United States has stadiums with high technology.
1: Like, that's what I heard, like a meaning like, okay, we're like if you're a Chelsea fan, like an American fan hearing that I take no solace. Yeah, we have stadiums. Cool. How uh, is that helping us as a soccer nation? Right. Is that like if I hear that as a Chelsea fan, we're in a great city and we're in a great part of the great city. Like, yeah okay like how about what's going on on the field todd like, right
2: why did you <laughs> who, sign that? who guy? the f
1: cares yeah i <laughs> totally agree with you <laughs> like
2: so i thought about that how's the manager search going yeah <laughs> yeah like
1: i i thought that right away the other thing i thought about is so he's he's essentially like let's let's boil this down to what it is he's he's preaching patience like I'm i'm asking for your patience as we go about this and like when i when I hear him say that, I think two things. One, I think, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you asking for patience for Chelsea Football Club from the fans? Or are you asking the fans to be patient with you while yes. you learn on the fly? Yeah. Because this club was in good shape. Now I know like they weren't contending for titles consistently of late as I think people expected, but it wasn't like this. And so like this the the variable here is you. Yes. Uh so I think the patience here is like be patient with me while I learn well, how all my- this is. And like some, some of that, J.J., is evidence of what another comment that he made here where he goes in and he says it's such a global sport. And unlike in the U.S., there are no unions. So there's a market for top players in every country in the world. And each one of those markets is different. You have the Portuguese market, the French market, the English market. You have the ability to go to these markets. Then, of course, obviously, you have to build a team. And your coach is the conductor of the team. I think there's a lot that we have learned about the different markets and the global aspect of it all. Like. He's he's learning. He's telling you, like I didn't understand what I was getting into. No, absolutely. He's you. uh, you're so right. He, and go on. And just, and just like this idea of patience, like it's if I'm a Chelsea fan, I I I I have to reject that notion. Your idea here, when you came in and bought this club, was not patience. You're just saying that now because that's what the situation has spiraled into. If he came and bought this club and immediately employed the philosophy of we've got great youth team talent. We don't feel like we need to spend billions of of pounds to make this work. We're going to infuse youth players into our system. That's going to be our our new modus operandi moving forward. Then I would say, yeah, patience is, is what's called for here while these guys learn. He did the total effing opposite. He went out and spent half a billion on name brand talent so they could win immediately it failed miserably it backfired and now he's going back revising it and saying no no no. we need patience you're only saying that because of what the outcome has been that wasn't your plan patience was never part of the equation here he's only saying that because this is what this is what it's all turned into so if i'm a chelsea fan and i heard what was said at the milken institute i'm I'm not thinking. Okay, it should be smooth sailing up ahead. He's still learning. He's still he's learning on the fly, and so I mean, look more more power to him. He essentially admitted it. Um, we'll see how it how it turns out. They've got to make smart hires from here on out, and he's got to get the right guys in to to actually run this thing. Like, yeah, you're the owner, you can have final say. But like Gary Neville said it after the Arsenal game, he said it all comes down to the top. It's been chaotic. A mess since day one. Bowley's had a nightmare, misread the league. I'm sure he'll learn quickly. What has happened this season is purely down to him. I I, I don't debate any of that. I, I think he's absolving the players a little bit. Like, yeah, Bowley's done this, and he threw a lot of pieces in, into the puzzle, and they don't all fit. But, like, they've also scored, like, fewer goals than, like, Palace. <laughs> like, you know, so it's it It's system, sure, but, like, these players have also not performed. That's uh, true. But but yeah, Bowley, this I think this mess does he's the face of this. It's not Potter, it's not Lampard, it's not Tuchel. It Bowley's the face of what's going on this season.
2: I agree with you. Um I'm all, ever since Greg's ill fated chat with one of these think think tanks, these uh, business i am I'm always curious about who's running these, these- <laughs> these things. So I looked into Michael Milken. Oh, nice. He's 73 originally was sentenced to 10 years in prison for his crimes. Oh, wow, they heading go. the bond while heading the bond <laughs> department at the investment bank, Drexel Burnham Lambert and fined 600 million. But that punishment was later reduced to two years locked up after he cooperated with federal investigators. And of course in the Trump under the Trump administration, he got a presidential pardon because as we know, white collar crime, not that bad is it and it just reminded me of just where football is right now when you've got the the, the chairman of chelsea talking to somebody uh like this and probably very friendly with that person um jonathan Lou wrote a great piece about just where we are now football's end game it was it was called but just basically where we are as manchester united could be potentially bought by the qataris and this was his final sentence from the piece for all its appeals to community Uh, beneficence and common joy. This sport now belongs to the despots and the cretins, the speculators and the sovereign wealth funds. I mean, yeah, wouldn't have happened in the mid nineties that the chairman of Chelsea football club would be sat there talking to, uh, talking to uh, Michael Milken.
1: I'm just glad that they weren't operating under the Chatham house rule. (laughs) It's important that we we got this information.
2: I I think uh, at the start of this podcast, we should recite the Chatham House rule every single podcast, just so everybody's clear.
1: Yeah, like the Pledge of Allegiance. I mean, almost. Uh, let's see. A few other things in the Premier League that we wanted to get to, of course. Uh, earlier today, Brighton exacting a little... Uh, some measure of revenge, I guess. Can you have revenge over an FA Cup semifinal defeat in, in the tough.
2: league? It's <laughs> tough, because... If they were a little tighter in the table... Um, I, th- I think the fact that Brighton have done the double on Manchester United this yep. season is is very impressive and noteworthy. It doesn't take away from the fact that they should have beaten United in, in, in 120 minutes in, in the FA Cup semi-final, and they can't have that back. They don't get their big day out at Wembley, so no, there's no revenge. Uh, maybe a quantum of solace. Oh, good movie. Um, but not the
1: best of, of the Daniel Craig's. What's, the, what's the best one? For me, Skyfall. it's spectacular it's a work of art movie it's incredible after that Casino Royale
2: what's your favorite of the Brosnan era there's only Um, one good one there's only one answer probably Goldeneye yep it's the only one the rest of them are terrible really bad it was a bad era for Bond when it should have been Goldeneye started it so well I thought and by the way I think he was a good Bond excellent Bond wasn't given the materials but for me I mean Daniel Craig for me is my he's my Bond have you watched uh, Layer Cake? No, no. Oh, that's that's the film. he, The last kind of uh, film of, of, I suppose, of action or kind of intrigue that he did. And I think it definitely helped him get the Bond role. But it's an excellent film. Love you know it. what
1: I was watching last night? It was on one of the, the movie channels. I don't know, HBO or Stars or something. Uh, oh, you ever see Defiance? Oh, it's spectacular. What Belarusian an underrated Jews. movie.
2: Yeah. Oh, so good. It's that's an incredible movie. Leave Schreiber and him out in the in the jungle against uh, the jungle in the forest of Hungary against uh, of Belarus, oh, Belarus against Nazis. Yeah, amazing film. A true, an entirely true story. Didn't they go on to be like uh, garbage... They moved, to New York.
1: they moved to New York and started like a small trucking business. Trucking.
2: That's right. Yeah, they it's moved. I think to I, Brooklyn. I, it's it's uh, it's a brilliant film.
1: Yeah. Um. Back to. <laughs> I don't know how we got there. Back to Brighton Man United. Um, (laughs) There's a link somewhere. JJ, I think, you know, one of the things that we love about the Premier League is, um, for whatever reason, it seems to attract managers with real personality. There are great personalities that have managed in this league through the years. Um, And I think... I think we could be looking at the the early days of the next one. Like I think we might be sitting here 5 years from now and Roberto De Zerbi has like is has become a household name even if he's still at Brighton. I think that there's there's a personality in there that's waiting to explode. I think we caught a little bit of a glimpse of it when he flipped out on Christian Stellini cuz Stellini didn't bow at the altar of De Zerbi. And then after this one Again, it's not it's not over the top necessarily, but Deserby said um, about these most recent games between Brighton and Manchester United. He he said in both games, I think we played better than United. The last result was unfair. I think there is a god of football. We deserved to win the semi final, but lost on penalties. But today we won with a penalty. Like he's kind of saying, us winning is a sign that there is a god. <laughs> uh it's unfair that we didn't win before like i think that there's ego in him i think that he's not shy i would say that he's kind of brash i think that there's there's a chance for this guy to be a, a another in a in a fairly well established line of fun personalities in this league
2: i i think that you stumbled on something there something philosophical something something very very real if you've ever grown up in any kind of organized religion. Anybody who says they know the mind of God, that is an incredible arrogance. <laughs> and <laughs> yes. I hope there's more to come from this guy. Now, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not some kind of football savant, but I have listened to podcasts and I've read things where, like, football people who are in on the inside, tactically, like, like, deep in the tactics, how things work, formations and play, Mm-hmm. Are bowled over by what this guy does, and we've seen it on the field. They they're sensational to watch. They're brilliant. Yeah, and and like just look at some of the players he's brought in and made. Like Matoma's been fantastic. McAllister is, I love him. I'm in love with him. Awesome. If I was going to ask you if you could
1: lift not to go down the Napoli transfer route but <laughs> whatever if you yeah. could just lift one player from that team and insert him onto your team
2: who would it be for you um Matoma or Ferguson There's a lot of, obviously Ferguson's young there's a lot of upside yeah. to him Matoma's been brilliant but then again would he be as good if he wasn't in that system maybe it is McAllister I love, it Mc, is. I love
1: McAllister I just yeah. do yeah. uh he he would I mean Matoma certainly puts up there's a good argument to be made for him but so I exciting i don't know mcallister i just
2: i'm such a fan yeah um, but um but like what was i can't even remember my original the point.
1: tactics and what deserbi's doing
2: oh yeah like it's 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 really really good it's really really different too and like you know you talk about mcallister he's a better player since deserbi came in i think and if you remember few seasons ago, when he first made the transfer and the move, like Potter didn't know, really know what to do with him, and he was sent back on loan to Boca. Look at who he's blossomed since. And I'm not, again, I'm not having to go at Potter. I'm just saying that Djerbi came in, took what Potter did, and then brought it on.
1: I think you're right. I mean, look, in fairness to Potter or whatever came first, Mical- he was good enough to start for an Argentinian side that that won a World Cup, so he was doing something right to have been on Argentina's radar the way that he was ah, playing sure, at, yeah. playing at Brighton. But I get what you're saying. I think DeZerby, I think he has taken something that was pretty good, and I think he's he's made it better. Um, He's great. He's a great manager. They're fun to watch. Horrible moment for Luke Shaw. That handball, he, I mean, and... and credit to him kind of after the game he said yeah i don't know what i was thinking don't know why my hand was up there but he he stopped short he wanted to say he was like not going to make any excuses but then in the next sentence he's like but the foul that they called on the initial free kick is never a foul and it led to the corner (laughs) that led to the penalty i was like all right now you're kind of making excuses
2: but well speaking of excuses how do you make excuses for united's away form against the eight other teams in the current top nine Seven losses, one draw, zero mm. wins, twenty-eight-eight on aggregate, according to Squawka. Uh, like, I know, how, I know what Joe Girardi would make of it. Well, that's not what you want. Um, it's like they obviously have a trophy in the bag, potentially, although I don't see it happening. Another one in the FA Cup, which would round off a good season if they can finish in the top four, definitely. But it just feels it. The last six, seven weeks have felt a little bit flat. Performances haven't been quite, quite been there. Draws with Tottenham, draws with Southampton, defeats to Brighton, defeat to Newcastle, knocked out of the knocked out of a competition they should be in the bloody final of. Let's be honest with their resources and their money of the Europa League. After leading two 0 just I, you know,
1: they're at a, um, they're stumbling to the finish line. Also, they're another one of those
2: teams. Why I still think there's there's a lot of juice left in this season, and it could go both ways. They don't so you have to... you have not locked up top four for them. I. I think the game in hand over Liverpool. I think Liverpool have probably left themselves too much to do, mm-hmm. but United have a few tricky ones. Now it depends on you know what we call the flip flop nature of the league, as in who's on the beach. So like United have. Let me see. Let's have a look at who United have going forward. Oh yeah, um, let's do it. Let's let's analyze the fixtures. Just
1: ten minutes after we said it's the dumbest exercise you can do. In just history. a quick one. I'm just I saying.
2: <laughs> West, they're away to West Ham. West Ham, they need something. They have Wolves at home. They should batter the hell out of Wolves at home. Should but. Uh, Bournemouth away. Right, if Bournemouth are safe, then maybe maybe Bournemouth are on the beach. And Bournemouth have are you know being on the south coast. They're quite close to actual beaches. Um then they entertain Chelsea at home. That's three points, and then they have Fulham at home. That's maybe it's not less. the most.
1: It's not the most difficult run of games. No, it's but, not. But it's then not, again, like I, I like I just it. said, I don't know what to make of that.
2: No, I still. I mean, they should still do it. They I'm stick.
1: I, you know what? I said it. I said it a couple months back. Did. I'm sticking with Liverpool. They'll find a way. Because, They'll just um, find a way.
2: Liverpool, uh, uh find a finds way. A, finds a way. Uh yeah, Brentford at home for Liverpool, Leicester City away, Aston Villa at home and then they rounded off with Southampton away, which they will surely lose.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah.
2: Let's get um, to the big news, the real big news.
1: JJ there are 4 games remaining for Leeds. Gotham is crumbling. The city is in ruins. It seems that there's no one who can come to the aid of this place in peril. Except, perhaps, for one man.
2: He's a silent guardian. A watchful protector. Sam dies. Yeah, you like that? You missed that one? Oh, people just love that one. And now it's actually... Because the last time we used it, he didn't even get the job. When he was supposed to go back, <laughs> right. back to Everton, he never got yeah. the job. So now he's got the job and you know what? He's feeling himself. Big Sam is back in work and he is feeling himself. Listen to what he had to say. He didn't just come out and say, I can still I've still at sixty eight, I still have something to give the game. Listen to what he says. Too many people think that that I am old and antiquated, which is no far so far from the truth. I might be sixty eight and look old. But there's nobody there's nobody ahead there of me in football terms. Not Pep, not, not Klopp,
0: not Arteta. So it's all there with me. Um, and I shared it with them. They, 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 they do what they do. I do what, do what I do. But in terms of knowledge and depth of knowledge, I'm up there with them. I'm not saying I'm better than them, but certainly as good as they are.
1: Wow. That's spectacular. Boy, that doesn't sound like anyone in the recent past at all. No, not anyone. JJ, can we just can we just change the accent a little bit? Who right. who I mean like the words. It's 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 another guy that I can think of who talks this way. Like the no no one knows more football than me. Not, <laughs> nobody out there knows more football than I do. Okay. Yeah. Not Klopp. I call him I call him Jurgen Flop. right not pep no no i call people are saying pepto pepto abysmal that's that's what i call him. i mean it's like it's right out of the playbook
2: isn't it isn't it no one has done a better job than me and you know people are saying i see frank over there hey frank frank (laughs) likes me but uh, not too much sometimes when i go against him, but that's okay but look the country is in a mess (laughs) only i can fix it you know (laughs) when i'm just not in court all the time
1: I mean, it's like just when I heard him saying it, I was like, oh, my
2: God. It's
1: (laughs) like he's taken one of Trump's speeches and just like (laughs) freshened it up a little bit.
2: All he needed to say was, how do you know you're going to keep leads up? Um, I touch my feel. (laughs) By the way, Trump said that going in. Uh, This used to it was the one thing that used to give us douche chills. What was that phrase? Trump was asked by a reporter. How will you know if Kim, Kim Jong-il or Un or Un. whatever is lying to you? Or how is it? The negotiations are going. My touch, my feel. Uh. Oh. No it's
1: one insane. knows more than I do. Not Pep. Pepto-abysmal. <laughs> Not Klopp. I call him Jürgen
2: Flop. <laughs> and Mikel Arteta, he's just a little Lego man. Little Listen. Lego man, we call him.
1: Now, now here's Now, to get into the actual topic of it all, is he wrong now look i don't i don't well, know that he
2: knows more but well, pep said he's right yeah um that he's up there and i i kind of and he mentioned Roy Hodgson as well i would i would say a couple of things about Allardyce um the style of play that he has eventually can grate on teams like west ham supporters couldn't wait to get rid of him mm. in the end everton supporters too but his time at Bolton, like, he was an innovator. He was one of the first guys to use pro zone. He was very strict on diet and training and fitness and everything. His teams ran hard. It wasn't like they, they were completely devoid of creativity. He is the guy who brought JJ Ocaccia to England. You know, you don't bring him for his for his ball-winning ability, although he could do everything. Um, the, but the problem is, the he is, the problem is his own chip on his shoulder, like this phrase I know is quite Trumpian, um, but this is the same guy that said 15, maybe 20 years ago when there was an influx of foreign managers or this, the game seemed to be becoming more um, cosmopolitan on the, on the touchline. He said, if my name was Sam Alardici, I'd probably be manager of like one of the top four. Right. So he's always had this little chip on his shoulder. You know, the way he came up as well, he was a bang average player played at West Brom you know to get his job and get his start in management he had to go to Limerick in Ireland which is a not a soccer backwater but a soccer backwater in terms of professional football and he had to work his way up that way so I guess he has a kind of a an inferiority not an inferiority complex but a you know he's always got something to prove even at 68 and there is a perception that he is old antiquated and a dinosaur um but that doesn't really matter, no, because he's been parachuted in to keep one of English football's biggest clubs in the Premier League. And the question is, can he do it? I mean,
1: so he's coming in and they are outside of the relegation zone. Like, I've heard some talk that this would be one of his biggest miracles yet. I mean, it's not going to be easy. Like, we see the state of the club and it's they they're a disaster, but... There's a lot of disasters, like we said last week. There's a lot of crap down there, uh, so I mean, if he does his job, you know, like I, I no surprise, like you reading the stuff about it today. He's come in immediately and he's trying to lift spirits. Like that's that's kind of number one on his list is to try to just like change the the tone there and bring in some kind of enthusiasm. Um, but they're working on defending. Like that's what you that's what you're reading right now, and it's exactly what you would expect. But he's trying to turn this club into a defensive one. Um, can you do that in a week? Like it's not how they've played for years, and no. like so, I, I don't know. It, this could go a couple ways. It could go. Wow, he did it! Like he his methods worked. They they shut it down. They defended like hell. They eked out a couple one nils, and they're safe. Or it could be a it could be a total disaster for it, it a abs- club that has not played this way to to try to do this in such quick, with a, such a quick turnaround.
2: Uh, it absolutely could be. So, I um, again, I, I bothered my, my friend, uh, Big Leeds United supporter, Welsh Wayne, as he's nice. now going to be known. And so I asked him about what he thought, and he said, the most symbolic change this week is not, however, Allardyce coming in, but Radradzani sacking his friend, Victor Orta. Mutual consent doesn't wash with me. In these days of wannabe celebrity sporting directors, he is a sporting director. So he has to take his fair share of the blame. He's been in charge of recruitment. For every Nanto, there's been a Dan James. For every Rafinha, there has been a Jean Kevin Augustine. And for every Tyler Adams, there has been a Brendan Aronson. Mm. One of his six managerial appointments worked. Bielsa, in the Championship, you can hide from it as we were used to it for 16 years. In the Premier League, there is no hiding place. Allardyce, the last desperate throw of the dice. Which of, a, which of course I hope works, but we stench of relegation. However, Artis sacking does indicate significant changes coming regardless of the division we we're in. I just hope it's not 16 years until we're back again if we do go down. That's I wouldn't say uh, defeatist but not far off. with,
1: with respect to Roger Zani, I respect a man who doesn't have too much pride or hubris to let the entire world know, I'm desperate. I'm desperate. I have nowhere else to turn. I need help. And he's gone and called the exterminator. Yeah. My place is overrun. It's an infestation. I, I, I'm I, desperate. I need I think, your help.
2: I think Arta, Arta did well to to last as long as he did. I mean, the way Wayne lays out the, the transfers there, there's just some horror shows in there. Awful ones. Yeah. Um, I think as well, this signing has to be viewed through the prism of how Leeds United fans view themselves. Allardyce isn't just, he's not one of those managers that would be on, like Leeds have an opinion. Don Revy, Howard Wilkinson, Marcelo, Marcelo Bielsa, you know, big characters that have, those have been the successful managers. Allardyce isn't one of them. Well, he is a big character. He's a big character. He's well known, but he's not, he wouldn't be respected by the Leeds fan base just wouldn't be. Um, well, but now having said that, do they disagree
1: with this appointment?
2: I'm not. I mean, they, they left themselves so little time to get some, or opportunity to get someone in after Marsh. So they ended up with Javi Gracia. Like this reminds me of all three or four, that era where they had like, uh, who are we putting in charge? Um, Peter Reed, uh, who are we putting in charge? Terry Venables. Terry's not available; he's on holiday. But sign him anyway, and then he, when he, he can take over when he gets back from holiday, like they were a p- sh- show then, and there's a sense that this feels like it now. Like, how do you go? How do you go? Bielsa, Marsh, Gracia, Allardyce? Well,
1: because they're in a Desper- they're like they're in a desperate situation, so they went out and got the the supposed specialist to deal with these situations. That's what they've done. I and have. We'll no find out. Idea.
2: I have no idea if this will work. Um okay so look, like he he obviously was very successful at Bolton, not so successful at Newcastle, quite successful uh with Blackburn, uh, relatively successful, not successful with West Brom West Brom went down under him. Yeah. Uh Everton stayed up under him and Sunderland stayed up under him. So uh, I I there's honestly a tra- I, there's a positive track record there of keeping clubs
1: that are thought to be relegation bound up i mean it's he didn't get this reputation out of nowhere i just don't know yeah well it'll be interesting now the final bit on this for me um is the the javi gracia part of it he did not seem willing to concede that his time there was a failure. Uh, He said this, he said, we got 11 points in 11 matches. Gracia told the athletic Everton got eight points. Leicester and Southampton took six and Nottingham forest five. We could have done things better, of course, but we arrived in a difficult position with 10 matches without a win. We left the team outside the drop zone. Um, So Hmm. I get a little bit of what he's saying. Now, here's the thing that he leaves out. Like the manner in which you're defeated probably should matter, right? Like they, they, they played seven games in April they conceded four goals or more in four of those seven games. Arsenal scored four, Palace scored five against them, Liverpool six, Bournemouth four. They conceded 23 goals in the month of April, JJ. The most, the Premier that that's the most Premier League goals conceded in a month in, in the history of the league. A record that they held, by the way, from February of 2022. So like if you see that, that they in this month that we're just coming out of, they set a record for most goals conceded. Like trajectory matters the manner in which you're defeated matters like it's not hobby gracia can he can parade that line out to his next potential employer at a job interview and maybe it'll work but i think it'd be hard for me to look at this and say you know what you're right job well done like i, I, I don't
2: mean, i don't think so the pumping they took at bournemouth alone yeah was was cause for concern yeah i'm fascinated we'll see how it goes yep uh
1: i'll tell you what let's go ahead we'll take a break we'll come back a couple other things to address on the other side uh, still a bunch more to do here on Caught Off Side. Don't go anywhere.
0: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more.
1: Back now on Caught Side. JJ, I'm so, so excited to tell you this, as, as we've told you now for a few weeks. But support for Caught Offside is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the performance package. So join over 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code... Caught off side, all one word at manscaped.com. That's caught offside at manscaped.com.
2: Love it. We've oh, talked they, about this. They've you been know. fabulous. The response has been excellent from our listeners. Keep responding. Look after that basement. Manscaped, it's the best equipment to make sure that you are fresh and orderly mm-hmm. in your nether regions.
1: Yep. It's very important. We're talking to you animals. Yeah, I mean, you're the animals because of your behavior, but also because you're, you're covered in hair.
2: All right. You of all of all the people out there could use this. Also, also just to this, you know, to the single animals, mm-hmm. you do not want to go into combat not knowing that your that your weaponry is in the best shape it can be in. All right.
1: I also think, you know, there was one week where I was saying that, like, this is a good gift for people. Like, I think I wonder if this is a gift for wives to get their husbands.
2: Oh, I think so. Or boyfriends. Or you know, a gentle nod towards better yeah. better cleanliness and sure. order down there.
1: Yeah. Uh so yeah, promo code caught off at manscaped.com. Uh let's see. We continue, JJ. Well, uh the CONCACAF Champions League semifinals are complete. These are LAFC aren't the
2: champions. Yeah. Well, some of them are. But these guys were They beat Andy's team. Andy is sad now. He's been beaten by L.A. His miserable face. He's Andy.
1: The Philadelphia Union are a great club, but they are existing in a time when there is just an even greater one. This LAFC team, JJ, we'll see where this all goes, but they're just, they're fantastic. It's an, they're just an excellent team. They can beat you in so many ways. Uh, I mean, in this game with the Union needing a goal, um, they couldn't generate anything. They could not. I mean, it was a, maybe a couple half chances. Well, I, I agree. Uh,
2: well, I, again, I hate to disagree with you, but the GazDag chance, at one nil where it just clears every defender. He's free at the far post and McCarthy comes out and blocks it. That's that's a good chance.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was not a half chance. That was a legitimate chance, yeah. sure. But can you think of another? Nope. I, no. Like No, it was so easy. At least not in the second leg. Um second
2: leg we're talking about, it
1: was too yeah. easy. And you know, LAFC, like I mean the red card, Mbizo like, he just the, his initial yellow was just terrible. You can't afford to do that. And then once you're playing on that yellow, you've just got you've got to change the way you play. Uh, you just you have to. And his second yellow was an obvious one. There was no debating it, um, and that killed it. I mean, you're you're already up against the, this force. Now you're gone down a man. They stood no chance after that. I mean, it was 30 minutes of just futile. There was nothing. No, there uh, was so, nothing. Look, all credit to LAFC. Honestly, I mean, if we're talking about turning points, where this was won, um, the first leg. Like, I know it was 1-1, so the union are thinking, okay, well, like, yeah, we need a goal because of the away goals and all that, but we're in this. But, like, the fact that they couldn't get more because they actually did have chances in that first leg. McCarthy was excellent. They couldn't get a second one. And then for Kellen Acosta to score that goal right at the end, I just think it was so deflating. The manner of the goal, the time in which it was scored, it was just, it, it took... Took all the wind out of their sails, the union. And this and this season has been different for them. They have not been as good goal scoring this year as they were last year. They just haven't. It's been it's just been a lot harder for them up front. Uh Mikhail Ura has he's just he's struggling. There's times when I watch him and I just like we talked about that, I'm just I'm furious as a fan watching it. Um so it was it was always gonna be difficult and LAFC are just incredible. And now you start to get into the conversation with LAFC. They're gonna face Leon uh in the final and we'll see how that goes my it's going to be played in Los Angeles they'll be the home team for it um they'll be favorites i would expect like we start getting into the conversation of okay like just what are we watching here like they're the reigning supporter shield holders they're MLS cup holders they could be on their way to winning this CONCACAF Champions League they are unbeaten still in MLS like this is this is now we're now like waltzing into history with this team in terms of great teams that we've seen in this league and uh, and they're deserving of it i mean god they're they're loaded with talent they're great from back to front their manager in just his second year with this club has proven that he is i think elite i mean who knows where he could what jobs he could be bound for one day steve churundelo they are they're brilliant they're well run um
2: just a great club, a great club, and they were included in the top. What was it? Top ten or top twenty? Um, I think it was actually top ten most valuable sports teams, or not sports teams, but soccer teams in the world. A lot so, of
1: MLS teams made that. There three, was the, fifteen, three sixteen, seventeen. Was uh, LAFC, Seattle, and Atlanta? I yeah. believe. And in the top fifth, the top fifty was
2: riddled with almost the whole league. Yeah, I wonder. I really do wonder about those valuations. But however, I mean, there weren't not all the Premier League was in there, but a lot of MLS was. Anyway, anyway, yeah. Well done to LAFC, and on they go, and 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 maybe they can win this thing. And like you said, they should. They should win it. Another brilliant season on top of a brilliant season.
1: Jim Curtin said afterwards. He said, "LAFC is probably the best team you could argue in our league's history." big statement
2: probably need to repeat this season to 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 solidify that
1: uh I mean that would help but having those three trophies all at once is it would be a pretty impressive feat if they're able to do it and I and I expect them to I think they're that good um let's see a couple other things JJ to get to uh, a couple of women's soccer notes that I wanted to mention JJ you mentioned what was the article a couple of weeks ago you talked about where you kind of made an initial comment about um, an article that said soccer is a, is a game for men and it yes. sort of like caught me off guard when you said it yeah and then you john, explained it
2: john nicholson uh uh four four two uh next what am i talking about Um football 365.com john okay. nicholson wrote a piece about how football is a game designed for men and what he meant by that was from the training from the gear from the Down to the most important part of your of your kit, which is the cleats, the boots. They're all they were all designed for men. There isn't a specifically designed boot for women, and how this may be leading to the injuries we're seeing.
1: Well, if there was any club out there that I would suggest to read that, I would say Arsenal would be it. They just suffered their fourth torn ACL of the season.
2: Just horrendous.
1: Yeah, Uh, this time it was all. So they already obviously had Leah Williamson, Beth Mead. And uh Vivian uh, Mia Dima all out. And now um Laura Weinreuther becomes the fourth player for Arsenal to um to tear her ACL. And uh I mean they kind of joked about it, like they were so, like those players sent out a tweet talking about how like they add another one to the club, but please no more. Yeah, we'll we're gonna sure rehab them, to like get...
2: rehabbing together. Yeah. Um so so just let me get straight to it. Um Garant Williams of Sky Sports sat down with the orthopedic surgeon, Nev Davies. And they just asked about how, why is it six times, six times more likely to happen um, to a woman, to a woman, uh, a female player than it is to a male. Um, So she talked about, you know, she talked about a lot of things initially that John Nicholson thought about, but then talked about in his piece, but then she went to the second reason is muscle strength differences which are more noticeable in females especially in the muscles controlling the knee pelvis and trunk are without doubt also significant risk factors importantly these are both modifiable risk factors which gives us the opportunity to influence this risk meaning basically rehab um you know working doing weights doing uh specific uh movement based exercises that can kind of mitigate mitigate against the risk more traditional factors such as anatomical differences in the pelvis leg shape between men and women actually play less of a role in acl injuries than was originally thought she did say hormonal differences and the effect of the menstrual cycle perhaps have less of an impact on knee injuries than previously thought but there is no doubt more research is needed around this so i think we're at this kind of point with women's sports where these things are happening. And as women's sports are more popular, there are more, more women are participating in football from, from girls football all the way up to the senior ranks. We're discard starting to discover these things. And maybe what Johnny Nicholson's piece says, we're not either in the research or the actual gear and, 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 and um, facilities that women have to train. We are, we're only catching up. We're behind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: fascinating and and so, deeply um, unfortunate
2: as well yeah absolutely I, you, you have to feel terrible four acls on one team is yeah. just brutal yeah
1: um and then another note jj uh, for the from the uh, world of women's soccer alex morgan talking about this u.s women's team getting ready for the world cup referred to them as the best uh american women's team ever
2: oh uh, uh... um well the performances haven't really kind of backed that up yet yeah i would say not i mean look we'll find out if they go if they go to this
1: tournament in australia and new zealand and they blow the doors off the competition when the competition is is has risen like we can all see that like this women's soccer has taken off globally in a way that maybe it wasn't quite there in the 90s during the mia ham julie fowdy years um but the thing is, like, look, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and just like go, okay, player per, for player on each roster. Um, but like, if you think about their World Cup winning teams of 2015 and 2019, it's hard for me to not say that those teams were greater because it's a lot of these same players, except more in their prime. Right. But I, I would, I would just concede a little bit, to Alex. Plus, Morgan like and... Carly Lloyd as well, who's one of the all time
2: greats. Mm. Uh, I would concede a little bit, to Alex Morgan, on this. There is this like potential for the veterans, her herself included, um, the the experienced players. I've I've been augmented by much younger players. Like there is a nice mix there, mm-hmm. but to say they're the best ever, that has to be gone and proven, and you can only prove that with with performances in tournaments and trophies. So, um, interesting comment, bombastic comment, sure, uh confident comment that's
1: what this team exemplifies They're i I mean for the better i think they are they have never for whatever you want to say about them they have never lacked in confidence and no, more often sure. than not more often than not they back it up uh and then finally jj we close on uh psg boy it's been an been an interesting week there huh Lionel messi suspended by the club will not return next season we now know this Fans gathering outside of Neymar's house, chanting for him to go. Uh, I don't think this is unfolding the way they thought it would.
2: No, I think Messi forced their hand. There's a great Peter Rutzler piece in The Athletic about it, um, where where Rutzler basically says this was the right thing to do to suspend Messi. I mean, he literally had no regard for the fact that they, after they lost to Lorient or whoever it was, that they would train on the Monday. Mm-hmm. And he knew about it and just went ahead with his trip to Saudi Arabia, where he, of course, he's paid lots of tens of millions of dollars to represent them as their tourist ambassador. Now, I know there's the Qatar-Saudi uh, angle to this, but I honestly think that they decided, no, they can't allow this to happen. And, and Rutzler kind of posits in his piece that had this been Killian Mbappe, they wouldn't have been quite as harsh they're basically trying to continue or rebuild the club with him as their centerpiece. And Neymar has been an abject failure in terms of every spring, some kind of an injury. And that just torpedoes their, their champions league chances. Um, Messi has been very good for them and has been very good for them this season. Even if the club has struggled, you know, with, with nine defeats, he's still been he's still been key in in terms Uh, of what of late. I don't know about that. Maybe not, but like he's, i mean 15 goals how many assists it's just this definitely isn't working now and they've decided that they are they have to pivot and the best way to do is to get rid of of these two guys and you couldn't argue with that um that seems fairly sound and with their ability to buy other players to get quality left and right are or rather straight across that attacking line um, to augment Mbappe and, and we know Mbappe Mbappe has a lot of a lot of power now um, in Peter's piece he talks about how there was a a promotional video was put out recently that Mbappe didn't like by the club and demanded they had it taken down and changed mm, you geez. know he <laughs> I know maybe they're creating a golem with him yeah but at the same time uh, this uh, Messi is is it's done it's over and um, and I think like if they are serious about running a proper football club, that's the way it has to be. Well, this, this
1: feels like a turning point of some kind. I don't know what they're going to look like going forward. I think we've always just assumed, okay, big player hits the market. Well, PSG will be one of the clubs in on him. And that may be where that player, player X winds up is like, is that still, is it still cool to like want to go to PSG right now? Like, I, I don't know I, I, who are the I don't know the great players out there potentially hitting like if Oseman does hit the market, is PSG going to be one of the clubs
2: trying to get him? They might try. But like, is he going there? Right I mean, I, like, no, I mean, the the league itself, even when they stutter, they're still five points clear. I don't I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, I mean, money wise, obviously it is. Uh, but it just seems a bit basket case right now. And uh and maybe maybe Oshiman like it's a step down in terms of competitiveness going from from uh Syria to to Ligon. I'd say the Premier League is where he's gonna be yeah. at this point in his career.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I mean, look, if they keep if they keep Mbappe then they'll be great because he's so young and I think quite possibly the best player in the world currently yeah. he'll only get better. Um so like, yeah, they'll they'll still be good and they'll still I'm sure attract high profile French talent and right now France, even having not won the last World Cup, I still kind of view as the preeminent global nation right now in soccer. So yeah, they'll of course they'll be good, but this whole idea that PSG is going to be some kind of machine that contends for Champions Leagues year in, year out, I don't like throw that out the window. I, I don't
2: see that moving forward. No, maybe not. I um I'm also quite impressed by the PSG fans. I mean, we know this club. Well, uh, in which way? And uh, in, like, in is this of... are,
1: is this the right thing to do to go to like a player's house and like that's kind of, that's a potentially
2: dangerous situation. I I don't want anyone hassled or harassed or, or or their lives threatened or anything like that. But they do seem like they have a hardcore fan base that is active and kind of flies in the face of the. The bought, um, kind of ugliness of the Qatari ownership. Well, they, they have seem, ultras. They ha, they do have ultras, Andrew. They do, and don't forget, like, I don't know, the the club is always seen as.
1: I think that I think going to a player's house and doing that, his family is there. I mm. think you're. I think you're cross. You've crossed the line. I don't think that's okay.
2: I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm impressed in the sense that their fan base is more. I don't know. Just. Better or or cares more than I thought they would. There was always okay. the sense, or we were always told, "Oh, they have a lot of money in Paris. They don't not bothered about soccer." Well, there's a ton of there's a ton of people that really do care actually about their club, and they they're not cowed and they're not scared by the fact that they're, you know, they're not afraid. Oh, please don't leave us. Best players in the world, big names. They're not afraid of that, and mm-hmm. I guess I respect that. If I do, if obviously I want them to stop short of threatening violence are menacing uh the family of uh, of a player yeah
1: no, I, I get what you're saying yeah what do you get what, to, it, you, 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 you get what i mean yeah. yeah um in terms of those guys messi neymar messi obviously we know is gone uh neymar we assume based on all this will be as well what is the where is their futures i mean messi it seems like it, right now it can only be three places it feels like it's miami barcelona or al hilal in saudi arabia um those are the options, it feels like. I don't know why. We've talked about this. Um, for the life of me, I don't really understand why Barcelona are so desperate to get him back. Uh, I don't. Th- I just don't think you're getting back the player that, that you had before. I think they probably know that. Um, maybe this is some sort of money play. They think that he'll come back on a much lower number. But in terms of what he'll mean from a marketing perspective, uh, he'll still continue to do the huge figures financially for them that he maybe was doing before and God knows that club is in desperate financial straits so if they if they see him as some sort of giant ATM machine to come back into the club then I suppose I do get it but from a footballing perspective if I'm Javi and I'm thinking about how to put out my team I just won the league or he's going to win the Le- La liga this season is this the right way to to get
2: to improve your team um, I move forward I, I I don't know and I'm thinking about the MLS aspect. If if what we've seen leaked is to be believed, the numbers on, on on the Apple TV are atrocious, like very bad. Does MLS roll the dice and say, if anything could give us a major shot in the arm, it would be signing Lionel Messi to a club I, in the league? Yeah.
1: And I think he, he's the needle mover. Like, I think he is, he would.
2: Oh, I think he would too. Yeah. So do they do that?
1: Or will money in the end talk the loudest, as it often does? And this reported four hundred million dollars being offered in Saudi Arabia will win the day.
2: How much money is enough money?
1: I don't know. I, we wonder that all the time. But for some people, it goes on to infinity. There is no, there is no enough money.
2: Something slightly sick about that, isn't there?
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, and and like you probably know how it's going to go. Look how Ronaldo wants to leave. He went there, got his payday, and he wants to go. It's this is not where these guys want to end their careers, but the money is just so enticing. I don't know. And then Neymar, I mean, I think I'm even more confused on, um, who are, he's going to want to play at a big club, a champions league club. Who, who are the ones?
2: And, and what physical state is he in? What mental state is he in? Um, I, I don't know. I, I, his future is the most uncertain. I think of the two Messi's is uncertain, but in, in a, in a least, Uh, At least he's older and you feel like there's a certain, I mean, he's really, apart from his desire to win one more Champions League, football, he's completed it. Mm -hmm. Neymar is not there. No, he's not. Not quite,
1: no. Uh, It feels like there's still more for him to do uh, to enhance his legacy. Like Messi's legacy is, there's nothing that can really affect it, hurt it. Even enhance it, like I don't know. After that World Cup I, and winning the Golden Ball at the tournament, like that's it. Like there's nowhere else for him to go to do anything. But Neymar's only thirty-one; like he's still technically in his prime. Um, I don't know. There's un- uncertainty at every turn. PSG, Messi, Neymar. Who who the hell knows how that's all going to go? Uh, JJ, I got
2: nothing left. I'm spent, Andrew. Absolutely spent. I'm going to go now and sleep in this very comfortable caught offside T-shirt. Go up uh... the street to your your. Pizza shop owner friend i wanna I want a report of what's going on there tonight. I well, will tell you what the smell's coming out of that place absolutely amazing if there if if I go up there and he's lighting a red flare, I'll be concerned that the 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 pies he serves will be of a not quite the same quality as usual uh ah. feel he'll be distracted from his work tonight I see uh well, congrats again to
1: all the Napoli supporters out there um you deserve this it's a great fan base they've waited a long time for it so celebrate but do so safely do so safely and to that one guy in naples who doesn't follow the football or anything or know what's going on (laughs) you can come out from your basement it's only people celebrating a championship okay everything's going to be just fine uh jj this was fun this was fun hey to you i say
2: sports napoli i'll see you take care